0: Welcome to the Informed Traveler podcast, a weekly travel podcast where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. I'm your host, Randy Sharman. In a few moments, we're going to learn about the prestige brand of hotels. There are a number of them throughout BC. And this year, they're celebrating their 25th year of operation. Then speaking of BC, we're going to head to Victoria and the beautiful Butchart Gardens in Victoria, who began their Magic of Christmas celebration. And just how much do you use your smartphone when it comes to travel? For example, have you ever booked a flight using your smartphone? And do you use an old-fashioned paper printout of your boarding pass? Or do you have it on your smartphone? Well, the folks from Travelport have come out with their annual Global Digital Traveller Survey, so we're going to learn more about that later on in the podcast. But let's begin by getting some tips on how to maximize your rewards miles and travel points while doing your Christmas shopping. To help us out with that, our good friend Patrick Soika from Rewards Canada joins us again.
1: Hi, Patrick. Hi, Randy. It's a pleasure to be on your show again.
0: Always a pleasure to have you. Anytime we want to talk about uh, you know, getting reward points and all those types of things, you're the guy. So five ways to maximize points this holiday season. Let's get right to it. Way number one.
1: Yeah, so the first one is swiping from home. Well, I guess technically you're not swiping because you don't have the machine in front of you, but that is earning miles and points for shopping online. Um, a recent study from Loyalty Magazine said that you know, 94% of all global consumers now shop online at some level. Mm-hmm. And and 35% of them are shopping once per week. That's so a the lot question of shopping. Is, yeah, it's a lot of shopping. <laughs> it's like, so the question I ask people, are you going directly to the retailer and just buying, or are you making sure you're earning your points and miles on it by going through one of the many different online shopping portals that reward you with miles, points, or even cash back? Uh-huh. Um, for shopping at those retailers now, a lot of small mom and pop retailers aren't on these um, on these shopping portals. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the big places like the Bay Chapters, Indigo, Amazon, Target you name know, even you know Target's not in Canada anymore, but it, you could ship from the U.S. A lot of these places, you go through these online shopping portal portals. You just log in and then click through to the to the retailer uh-huh. and. And they'll award you miles or points for that shopping. You know, for mm-hmm. example, Aer- Aeroplan Z Store—you earn one mile per dollar spent, unless they run bonuses. And and we just came off the, the huge um, Black Friday Cyber Monday yeah. deal, where you know Aeroplan offered up to ten times Aeroplan miles, depending on which retailer. So you're earning up to ten miles per dollar spent there. Air miles themselves had up to fifteen air miles per you know, for their, uh, or 15 times the mile. So I think yeah. it's like one for 20, so you're earning 15 for 20, something like that. It's one of those really easy, easy ways to rack up a, a lot more return on your online spending. And then of course you put that spending on a mileage earning credit card and, and you're earning every more, you're doing, you're doing the double dip. Or if yeah. you think that bonus that they give, if they're giving you five times the miles, you, you get the bonus um, and your triple dipping. So that's probably the easiest number one way for, for holiday shopping, because so much of it is online now, is going through those portals and, and earning uh, a lot more miles than just going straight to the retailer.
0: And number two, you mentioned double and triple dipping using your yeah. you know TD, Aeroplan, Visa, or American Express with your Aeroplan card and double triple dipping and then you can rack up the 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 miles or the points uh, pretty quick, can't you?
1: That that's right. Yeah. So we basically just touched upon, yeah, the second point. It is, is just making sure that you're you're using a, a mileage earning credit card for those purchases, taking advantage of those other bonuses, or if that like I said, the indigo, if that retailer has their own program making sure that you're earning the points in that program as well. And, and, and the list just goes on. It just makes it so much easier to, to rack up those points and miles for, for a future trip, and, and you can get to it just sooner.
0: People love gift cards. What about uh, yeah. gift cards?
1: Yeah, so gift cards. Um, so that's our, our third tip here. And, uh, you know, people are giving away so many gift cards, but they're going to like a store like The Gap mm-hmm. and buying a Gap gift card and giving it as a gift. Yeah. Well, there's no credit card out there that give you a bonus for shopping at The Gap. <laughs> but there's a lot of cards, like you said, the TD Aeroplan Visa, or you have something like the American Express Cobalt card that give you a multiplier for shopping at places like gas stations or grocery stores.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So go buy the Gap gift card there, and you'll earn a lot more miles. I mean, of course, there's some stores that you can't buy at the gro- at the grocery stores or gas stations. Well, of you have to go buy those directly. But but for the most part, all the popular gift cards are on the racks right there, you know, at your local Safeway, Sobeys, whichever.
0: Speaking of that, you're going to be there probably anyway, buying your groceries for the Christmas dinner and and that kind of stuff, right? So
1: Exactly, and that's where you're, you know, our point number four, a feast of miles. If you're hosting a holiday dinner, make sure you take advantage of the bonus miles offers that different retailers have. So we we mentioned Sobeys Safeway, grab one of the flyers because sometimes they only offer coupons in the flyer.
0: And who knows, you may have enough points to have a holiday in the new year. Absolutely. So that's that's our fourth tip. The last tip, don't leave home without it. Don't forget your cards. Yeah, exactly. That's the easiest thing, right?
1: Yeah, you're going to that grocery store. Don't forget your your Air Miles card or your more rewards card, or at least your account number, phone number, whatever. Make sure that you're always swiping. Majority of them, you can just add it to your wallet on your phone. That's right. Um, so you don't have to carry the card. So just make sure that, that you can, you're not leaving home without your actual loyalty card.
0: Five ways to maximize points this holiday season. You can find it on the Rewards Canada website, rewardscanada.ca. And Patrick Soika is the founder of Rewards Canada. Always a pleasure, Patrick. Uh, Merry Christmas.
1: Thank you. Merry Christmas to you too, Randy. Thanks again. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, Prestige Hotels celebrated 25 years of being in operation this year, and if you're not familiar with them, they run 15 resorts and inns in 12 different locations throughout B.C. So, to tell us more about it is Amy Nunn. She is the Executive Director of Sales and Marketing for Prestige Hotels. Their website is prestigehotelsandresorts.com. Hi, Amy. Hi, how are you? I'm well, thank you. First of all, i got to congratulate you on 25 years of uh, hotel operations, I guess, but we probably should have said that back in January,
2: because
0: <laughs> I guess most of the celebrations are done for the year, are they not?
3: Well, th- yeah, we've been celebrating our 25th anniversary since May, uh, but you know what, it's the last month of the year and we're... We've still got a few giveaways and stuff planned and we're doing a big grand prize draw at the end of the month. So it's certainly not over yet. Cool.
0: Well, again, that website is prestigehotelsandresorts.com. Tell me about the Prestige brand and, and you know, what, what it entails.
3: Sure. Well, we're a BC-based um, family-owned company. So our owners, Joe and Anna Huber, they actually started um, their careers in the hospitality industry close to 50 years ago with the purchase of a few motor inns around the Okanagan. But 25 years ago, we opened our first uh, prestige property based in Vernon, British Columbia. So we built that property, opened it 25 years ago, and since then, we've now uh, grown to 15 properties all across British Columbia. We're still family-owned. Joseph and Anna have both passed on, but their son Joe Cuber remains the CEO, and his brother-in-law, Terry Schneider, um, is the president. And, I mean, they work right down the hall from me. They're very much still involved in the company's day-to-day operations. Uh, We're based in Kelowna, B.C., where Mm -hmm. we also have the Prestige Beach House. Um, But, yeah, we're basically... Anywhere from northern B.C. to Vancouver Island and all through the Okanagan and Kootenays, you can find a Prestige property.
0: Well, I'm looking again on your website, prestigehotelsandresorts.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way I understand it, it's broken up into three different kinds of properties. You have waterfront resorts, hotels, and inns. Am I correct on
3: that? Yeah, absolutely. So our property offerings really vary. We've got our smallest property called the Prestige Inn Nelson, and that's just a small kind of boutique quaint hotel of only 44 rooms. Um, So that would be the smallest, but we've also got hotels, you know, with 100, 125 rooms, kind of your basic full service um, hotel with, you know, restaurants and fitness Mm -hmm. facilities on site, Mm -hmm. all the way up to our waterfront resort. So uh, we've got a a Nelson resort right on the lake, uh, Salmon Arm. We've got a beautiful waterfront property, and our kind of jewel of the collection (laughs) is our prestige oceanfront resort in Souk, which we built um, in 2011, and it's just an absolutely gorgeous property right on the ocean on Vancouver Island.
0: Uh-huh. Well, I suppose this is like asking a mom who their favorite child is, but yeah. <laughs> do you have a favorite resort? You mentioned the one in Souk, but do you do you have a favorite one that you like?
3: Yeah, you know what? I, I mean, yeah, Souk is by far the most kind of elevated, luxurious property of them all. Um, but I'd say my favorite is probably the Lakeside Resort in Nelson. Um, it's, it's beautiful right overlooking the Kootenay Mountains, um, or Kootenay Lake, sorry, and Selkirk Mountains. You can walk and, and ride your bike right along the path, um, it, it's just got that really kind of quaint, homey feel, but yet everything you would expect from, from a resort property with a spa and, you know, lakefront patio and fitness facility right on site. So mm-hmm. it, it's really, really beautiful.
0: Well, it sounds like each uh, inn or hotel or waterfront resort is, is unique in its own sense, but are there some themes throughout everyone that you would know that you're at a prestige hotel?
3: Yeah, well, one of the things that we really pride ourselves on is obviously offering that consistent guest experience Mm -hmm. and, you know, a rewards program and different things that are available at every single property. But we really try to make each property unique to the location. So we're not cookie cutter hotels like, you know, some brands Mm -hmm. that feel the same every every place. Our property in Kelowna, for example, it's right across from the beach. So it's got that kind of um, nautical, you know, the the blues and the creamy color decor that you really feel like you're mm-hmm. at that beachy property where if you go to somewhere like a Smithers, for example, up north, it's got more of that lodge kind of mountain rustic feel to it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's a really unique thing for a hotel brand is that, You've got that level of consistency, but it's also, you know, very unique and, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, special to that community.
0: Well, yeah, we mentioned uh, the one in Souk. There's Nelson, uh, Smithers. Where are some of the other ones? You mentioned Vernon as well.
3: Yeah, we've got two properties in Vernon. We've got the original Prestige Hotel Vernon. And then a couple of years ago, we required... Um, or sorry, acquired the Prestige Vernon Lodge. So that property is really um, special to the community of, of Vernon. It's got a, a garden atrium right on site, um, where the pool and the restaurant is, and it's that legacy property to the city. Everybody talks about, you know, going going to the lodge. Mm-hmm. And they have memories growing up going to the lodge. Um, so that would be our, you know, our newest property in Vernon. Um, we're also in Prince Rupert. So, really beautiful spot up north that, you know, not, not everyone gets to experience. But mm-hmm. when you do, it's it's such a special community. Um, Prince George up uh, north as well. Mm-hmm. We are attached to the Treasure Cove Casino. And we're doing a lot of renovations to that property right now. We're adding an entire kind of wing to that hotel with another 40 rooms, a penthouse, some balcony suites. We're really elevating that experience in Prince George as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and I think we talked about Salmon Arm. We're in Roslyn, so a really, really cool ski destination for people who are ski and winter enthusiasts. They've heard of Roslyn. They know the amazing powder that uh, that mountain, Red Mountain offers. And we're yeah, just going through another round of renovations at that property, nice. too. So. Really cool, yeah.
0: Well, you mentioned some of the new things. Uh, any other new hotels open uh, openings on the horizon? I don't want to <laughs> let the
3: cat out of the bag yeah. kind of thing,
0: but anything you can well, tell us about?
3: That's right. I don't have any announcements to make, um, nothing that I know about, but we're certainly wanting to grow. I just had a conversation yesterday with our CEO where he you know, has a vision to continuously open a couple new properties in the next few years. Um, obviously market and economy driven um, it's never a, you know a sure bet but that's certainly you know where we want to go we want to continue to grow and and we're not done yet
0: are you staying in bc if you're continuing to grow Are you're looking at maybe uh going eastward
3: you know i i feel like we'll always stay in bc um that's where our roots are that's where our our families are based. Um, my hope would be maybe we'll, you know, get a bit more into the, the Vancouver area. That would mm-hmm. certainly be a, a dream for us. Um, but yeah, you know what, I, I can't really foresee us moving into Alberta or, or anywhere else. I think our heart's in BC and that's where we we would hope to at least stay and grow. Mm,
0: well, if it's not uh, broke, don't try and fix it, right?
3: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Anything that I have missed that uh, you might want to add about prestige hotels and resorts?
3: Um, Well, you know what, we talked about briefly our 25th anniversary. Mm -hmm. Um, A couple of the things that we're wrapping up with, um, we've been doing these surprise and delight gifts all year, so we give out um, about 50 kind of instant prizes to our guests every single month across our properties. We do a draw every week for a two-night stay at one of our properties, so that's still going on until the end of December. And if you've entered one of those weekly draws from from May until December, you'll get entered into the grand prize, which is... A three night stay in Souk. It's complete with a fishing package, rounds of golf, um, dining, and spa. Uh, Pacific Coastal Airlines has donated two round trip flights from uh, Kelowna to BC. Wow. Or I should say anywhere within BC to Victoria. Uh Yeah, so it's valued at over $5,000, and you're not too late. You can just stop by the front desk of any of our properties. You don't even need to be staying with us. We're happy to welcome you and get in. Yeah, so we're celebrating with a bang right till the end of the year awesome
0: uh amy yes. nunn is the executive director of sales and marketing for prestige hotels and resorts again prestigehotelsandresorts.com is the website again congratulations on 25 years amy and uh thanks for uh doing this
3: great thank you so much
0: Well, to me, any weekend is a good weekend to visit Victoria, but the beginning of December marks a big moment for Butchart Gardens in Victoria as they kick off their Magic of Christmas celebration, So to tell us more about the magic of Christmas and visiting Butchart Gardens all year round, for that matter, is Daphne Gardner. She's the public relations manager for Butchart Gardens. Their website is butchartgardens.com. Hi, Daphne. How are you today? I'm well, thank you. Uh, First thing I noticed on your website, over 100 years in bloom, so it's been a long time that Butchart Gardens has been around.
4: It sure has. Yeah, we celebrated our 100th anniversary in 2004, so we are now 114 years old or young. More like it.
0: That's amazing. Was the was the city of Victoria even there? <laughs> Which
2: well, came you first? Well, we were,
4: we were um, <laughs> here in the early days. There's no doubt about it.
0: Yeah. So tell me, uh, it's been a long, long time since I've been there. Mm-hmm. So give me some, some basics uh, on how big the gardens yeah. are now and how they've grown and, and what to expect when I'm visiting there.
4: Okay. So the gardens themselves are uh, 55 acres. Um, and we consider ourselves a display garden as opposed to a botanical garden, which means when you come in different seasons, seasons you're going to see a lot of annuals, you're going to see things that are uh, very, um, you know, particular for that season. Mm-hmm. Um, we are located in Brentwood Bay, BC, which is just north of uh, Victoria. It's about a half-hour drive from downtown Victoria, so mm-hmm. easy to get to. You know, there's buses that come out here and taxi cabs, and so it's really easy to, um, to get to the gardens. Um, the actual estate, though, is about 130 acres, so um, it was originally a limestone quarry here, and um, the Butch Arts came here to um, go into the cement business. Mm-hmm. And, of course, in the early 1900s when they came, it was a uh, very good business because there was so much demand for uh, infrastructure right along the coast. So uh, we're located on a body of water. Uh, the big ships could come in and um, take the cement right down as far as San Francisco. Wow. So we've yeah, so we've got a, a good solid let's say uh <laughs> history with uh with a lot of um you know locations along the coast.
0: So it must be a good growing Ground. I'm trying yeah, to find the words for it that. Is. Well, you know, we're
4: really fortunate because after the limestone uh, was depleted from the quarry, Mrs. Butchart, because this was their home, of course, uh, looked out and, and decided at that time to beautify um, the scar that was left behind by the quarrying. And so she developed, uh, which is probably our most famous garden, which is the Sunken Garden. And uh, uh, there was just tons, literally tons, of topsoil that were brought in from surrounding farms. Mm -hmm. And she created a a garden in the sunken garden. Um, There's other gardens, of course. The Japanese garden was her first garden to complete. And then she did an Italian garden uh, close to the house, which was formerly a tennis court. Uh, The Rose Garden, which people just love to see in the summer. Uh, We have over 250 varieties of roses, so it's very fragrant and very beautiful. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, there's a lot here to see, and you know, depending on what season you come, um, because we're open every day of the year, there's always something to see at the garden.
0: Well, especially this weekend when you uh, start your magic of Christmas. Tell me about that.
4: Yeah, it's a really exciting time for us here. We love uh, love to see that return every year. So December 1st, we do our annual light-up. We started doing the magic of christmas in 1987 so we're now in our 32nd year Um, the magic of christmas begins with uh, a child flipping the switch and the gardens come to life with uh, lights throughout and that runs from december 1st to january the 6th our gates remain open until 9 p.m and visitors are welcome to stay until 10 p.m at night Mm
2: -hmm.
4: and it really truly is magical Um, it's become somewhat of a family tradition for a lot of locals and uh, we get a lot of visitors that come back year after year. Oh, I bet. But for those, yeah, but for those people that are discovering it for the first time, I don't want to give too much away, <laughs> but we do a, a very large display um, installation of, of the 12 Days of Christmas throughout the gardens. And it's wonderful because at Christmas time you can hear people going through and, and singing the, the Christmas song, the 12 Days of Christmas. A lot of them do get it wrong, <laughs> and uh, it's, it's really fun to listen to them. So they'll walk along the, the festively decorated pathways and discover each each one of the installations. Uh, we also have a Rose Carousel, which is the only one on Vancouver Island, and we opened that December 1st, 2009. Um, other things that you can do here at Christmas, though, are ice skating. We have a great gift store. We have a lovely dining room um, and more of a cafeteria-style restaurant, which is called the Blue Poppy. And um, then, of course, the coffee shops, because you have to have your hot chocolate and of gingerbread. Of course, yes, right? exactly. <laughs> it wouldn't be Christmas without it.
0: <laughs> exactly. So
4: it's, um, it's, it's just a really, really festive atmosphere all around.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
4: really quite lovely.
0: Again, I'm looking on your website, butchartgardens.com, and it has a special page for the magic, magic of Christmas. Okay. Uh, there's also uh, there's ice skating there, too, right? Yeah,
4: yeah and, and it's, um, it's on an outdoor ice rink, so you can skate under the stars. And uh, we rent skates, and um, although a lot of people will bring their own, but um, it's a nominal fee. And a lot of the money that uh, goes uh, that is raised from the carousel as well as the ice rink, goes to support children's charities in town here.
0: Nice. Now, okay, if i, I it's been like I said a, a long time since I've visited there, if I'm going there over Christmas uh, to do this, is there anything I need to know?
4: Um, Not really. We open at 9 o'clock in the morning, so even if you're not able to see the gardens at night... Um, it really is a beautiful time. You know, winter at the gardens is is really quite different because, you know, you're not seeing the flowers per Mm -hmm. se, but you see the bones of the gardens, and a lot of people really, you know, especially if they're gardeners, really love to see that too. So even during the day, you know, we open at 9 o'clock in the morning, there's always something to see here.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, And this runs actually into the new year, doesn't it?
4: It does, January the
0: 6th. Yeah, so even if you are uh, having to be visiting the Victoria area uh, in the new year, uh, you can still take this in. Absolutely. And so, and then, uh, again, uh, after Christmas and you get into, uh, what is the, the, I guess, the nuts and bolts of the winter season, what happens at the park then or the the gardens then?
4: So, actually, this is uh, one of our restaurants, the Blue Poppy Restaurant, is a very, very spacious venue. And right after January the 6th, uh, our gardeners get in there and create an indoor garden. And within a week, uh, we have a beautiful display. And uh, complete with ponds, uh, you know, koi in the pond, mm. uh, little bridges. Uh, it's also a venue that we do weddings in because we only we have a very short wedding season. It runs from the 15th of January to the 15th of March every re- year. But we provide a lovely uh, venue for that because it's an indoor garden. So it gives people an idea of what they're going to see in the gardens in springtime. And uh, but we do take a little bit of uh, artistic license and mix some of the the bulbs that would be coming up in you know in early spring throughout the gardens mm. with some tropicals, so that gives us the chance to really do a fabulous, colorful display. Yeah. Uh, we also do a historical display in our dining room restaurant. The uh, dining room restaurant is the original residence of the butcharts, and so um, at the same time frame, the 15th of January to the 15th of March, we do an indoor display. And we show uh, things from the early days when it was still a cement factory right through the um, introduction of the different gardens um, that you see today.
0: Very nice. And then, of course, once you're into the spring, when is the, the right. flowers in full bloom? Like when is yeah. the peak well, time, uh, I guess? You
4: know, we, we sometimes get early, early bloomers, but um, late April is a really beautiful time to visit the gardens, right into early May. Uh, we plant over 300,000 bulbs uh, in the fall, for um, our display, wow! Spring, and of that, almost a hundred thousand are tulips. So the beds are just absolutely gorgeous with all the tulips and daffodils and hyacinths. It's a very fragrant time. And then added to that, we have the rhododendrons and azaleas in bloom, and the flowering, um, you know, things like flowering Japanese cherries. Mm-hmm and plums, and um, so it's very vibrant and very beautiful.
0: Oh, I can only imagine. And the and the, the smell, like you say, the fragrance must it's be amazing. It's so Yeah. Anything I've missed? Uh, summer. Oh, <laughs> of course.
4: <laughs> summer is probably our busiest uh, season, but it is really quite amazing because um, every night of the week in July and August, we have live entertainment on our stage. All of that's included in your ticket price. And then on Saturdays in July and August, we do um, a firework display. Nice. So it's about a 30-minute show. It's choreographed to music. Uh, also, in the summer, that's when you're going to see the Rose Garden, which I mentioned earlier. We do boat tours because we're located on the water, and mm-hmm. so we've got uh, little boats that um, they are eco-friendly, so quiet little boats that putt through the uh, the area, and the captain will talk about marine life and the early history of the area. Uh, great dining options, always have seasonal menus. We've got a great culinary team here at the garden. So. And then, of course, the gift store is always a, a, a treat for everybody mm-hmm. to, to pop into. There's always something to take take home.
0: Of course. Well, uh I can't imagine visiting Victoria and not going to Butchart Gardens. Like really. Well,
4: that's <laughs> nice to hear. Um, we, we're very fortunate. We are very, um, you know, well recognized the world over and we are rated one of the top ten gardens in the world. So, um, and we don't, tr- you know, treat that, uh, we take that honor very, very mm-hmm. much to heart and, and try to deliver a wonderful experience for people.
0: Daphne Gardner is the Manager of Public Relations for Butchart Gardens. The website again, butchartgardens.com. Uh, thanks for your Inside Daphne, I appreciate My it.
4: My pleasure and Merry Christmas.
0: So, how much do you use your smartphone when it comes to travel? For example, have you ever booked a flight using your smartphone? And do you use an old-fashioned paper printout of your boarding pass, or do you have it on your smartphone? Well, the folks at Travelport have come out with their annual Global Digital Traveller Surveys. So here to discuss it further is Marita Baker. She is Travelport Vice President and Country Manager for Canada. This is an interesting study. It looks like it's a very comprehensive study, something like uh, 16,000 travellers across the world with the uh, Travelport Digital Traveler Research. Tell me a little bit about that first.
5: Uh, sure, Randy. What we did was, we, we, you're exactly right, over 16,000 respondents from 25 countries around the globe, um, we interviewed to understand really the digital adoption of travelers in those countries.
0: And uh, Canadians come out, it's kind of a contradictory thing, uh, some of the stats that show this. Uh, 47% of Canadians, (laughs) I think this is kind of actually funny, said that they did not use their smartphone while traveling. Uh, When I first look at this, I think uh, they're lying. (laughs) Or uh, (laughs) the way it is with uh, us in Canada, it's very expensive to use your phone once you're out of Canada. So uh, what are your thoughts on that?
5: Yeah, you and I had the exact same thought when we saw the result being Canadians. Um, so so the, the survey definitely shows that for researching and booking travelers, travelers, uh, the Canadian consumers and travelers, definitely there's a high usage of the smartphone. Once at destination, it's just a little less than 50% or around 50% who, who do not use their smartphone destination Um, and while we don't have further uh, insights into that I can only surmise that that really is a result of the high roaming fees that, um, unfortunately, Canadians uh, have to pay with their telecommunications companies because the smartphone is it, it, it's just too important in other areas of the survey mm-hmm. around the inspiration for travel, um, searching. Certainly, um, we see that um, Canadian leisure travellers use approximately seven apps, seven different apps related to travel when they're researching and booking their travel. Mm -hmm. Which That figure is interesting compared to the rest of the world, where the rest of the world uses an average of 10 to 12 apps. Um, so Canada is a little more efficient um, uh, when it when it comes to number of apps used.
0: Uh huh. Well, and it seems like they're way behind the Chinese. Almost 100 percent of respondents in China said they booked and paid for an entire or part of a trip through their smartphone. So they're using their smartphones all the time, it seems.
5: Um, a- absolutely, I mean, almost 100% is is incredible, and that's for um, and that specifically was was around for paying for travel. What's interesting is in in Canada, um, you know, half of that really is is around the number that um, it, it is used to pay for all of travel, but close mm-hmm. to 70% are are using uh, a payment uh, via their smartphone for a certain portion. Of their travel, Mm -hmm. um, because we know there's various different components of travel. When you think about countries like China, and even on social media with their WeChat. Um, etc., they are more more advanced than, than we are, and, and a lot of that has to do with uh, the technology in, in that country, as well as the age of the traveler. Uh, what we noticed uh, when we're surveying around the world, uh, Canada, out of the 25 countries that we surveyed, when you rate sort of the on a leaderboard where Canada is from digital adoption, we're number 21. So, so we're quite down there. Mm-hmm. Um, the countries that are very, very high in digital adoption and digital adoption really mean is is really a, a combination of, uh, of different usage of technology or digital focused um, technology from you know voice search, making bookings via mobile, using apps, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, but in in Canada, the the, the traveler. Uh, we have a lot of baby boomers, we have a lot of um, seniors, we certainly have millennials and younger as well. But in some of the other countries, the average traveler is a much younger age hmm. than in Canada and, of course, the, the, the younger, um, the person, the more digital savvy they, they are given their 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 native mm-hmm. um, growth with, with digital
0: experience. Uh, a couple other things. Uh, e-tickets, I have used uh, those on my uh, smartphone. I still like the, the actual physical printed out uh, boarding pass, but I can get by with the e-ticket. But digital room keys I found interesting. I've never used one, so they're becoming more and more popular, are they?
5: They are. I think with, with digital room keys and, and almost all technology, when you think about it, it's always that first time. <laughs> Using it for the first time yeah. for for travelers is it's scary. Is this going to work? It's really um, uh, it's it, it, because it's so new and um, it's not something that's common. Um, it, it it does take um, that first time getting over that concern. Mm. Once an individual has used a digital room key, they realize how easy it is, how much more convenient it is, and that's when you get the adoption. So it's around that first time. It's still a fairly nascent technology, so certainly not all hotels and hotel chains are offering it by any stretch, and then even some large hotel chains aren't offering at all of their hotels. But what it does is it provides, and the traveler, once they experience it, is it provides that convenience. Anything that's more convenient ultimately, that's what we all want.
0: Well, that leads into my final uh, point here. 62% of travel said they would provide their biometrics to bypass or minimize wait times at airport security. I think if you put anything in that line to uh, minimize wait times at airport security, they would say yes to it.
2: <laughs>
0: right.
5: I, I, I'm with you on that. And I do it in a second because, uh, you know, those cues are very inconvenient and not the most pleasurable part of any travel experience um, and what's interesting is 62 percent for Canada saying that they absolutely would That's that's very positive mm-hmm. um, yet what's interesting is that out of all the 25 countries is one of the lowest percentages really still um, hey. yeah yeah so we have countries like Colombia 89 percent Nigeria 90 Percent, mm. um, you know, a lot of countries in the 80th percentile. Yeah. Um, Canada's certainly not the lowest. Um, what's interesting is Germany, only 54 um, percent said that they would be be willing uh, with the biometrics, um, but even still, that's more than half. Um, of of the entire population are
0: willing. Interesting stuff. Travelport's Global Digital Traveler Traveler Research Survey, you can find it on the Travelport website at travelport.com and uh, Marita Baker is the Travelport Vice President and Country Manager in Canada. A pleasure chatting with you Marita. Thank you.
5: My pleasure. Thank you. <laughs>
0: And that is this week's Informed Traveller podcast. I want to thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, take a minute, rate the show, leave us a review, and tell a friend about the podcast. And if you want to drop me a line, my email address is randy at theinformedtraveler.ca. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash or you can follow me on Twitter at Traveler.